This episode is brought to you by Northwind Adventures. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Say, if you ever wanted to experience the thrilling adventures of fantastic pulp fantasy stories at the tabletop, Northwind Adventures has got a role-playing game for you with Hyperborea. Based on the solid foundation of the original 1974 fantasy game, author Jeffrey Talanian has crafted an exciting, vibrant world using the inspiration of authors like Howard Smith and Lovecraft. With paper, pencil, and a handful of dice, your characters can explore the wonder, danger, and thrills of a rugged world beyond the North Wind. Explore dungeons, fight off monsters mundane, fantastic, and alien. Discover lost civilizations, battle mighty wizards, evil cultists, vicious warlords, and more. With 26 classes to choose from, your characters can quickly find fortune and glory on the road to high adventure. All in the land of Hyperborea. From Northwind Adventures, you'll find it at hyperborea.tv. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard. The OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day out. Still unwinding from North Texas RPG Con 2021. And as I said in the other shows, I had a really good time. Now, before we get started, I do have a voicemail from Randy over at Biggest Geekus. And uh, it's a little lengthy one, so go ahead, Randy. Well, this is Randy at uh, Big Skeekus. Anyway, just listen to your Don't Be That Guy episode. Um, I ran several games at Gen Con and other conventions. Or, well, generally, I think Gen Con. Um, and I'm a teacher by trade. I would probably take a break, take that person to the side, and let them know they're being disruptive. They need to stop doing this, or they need to leave. That lady sounds really sweet, and she probably wasn't doing it on purpose, but I'd have probably said something like, um, I don't know if you realize this, but you're talking about stuff that has nothing to do with the game, and that's taking up time. Uh, I'd love to chat with you after, but during the game, we got to stay focused on what we're doing. And I understand, if you're not interested, you can, you can go. I mean, you don't have to stay here. I won't get my feelings hurt. It's okay. And I bet things would at least have a chance. If she had mental issues that we couldn't deal with, that's a different thing altogether. Then uh, you may be out of luck. Again, if she has issues like she's kind of lost and she's, you know, got mental challenges that we can't deal with, going to a coordinator might help, but I'm not sure if anybody there is prepared to deal with that. I think you have to be straightforward, be kind, um, understand that you know, she may not be exactly where she needs to be to focus on a game and help her do something else. If it's truly being disruptive, I say confront them straight on. You guys being a douchebag say, stop it. This is not okay. And I'm sorry, I would kick them out of my game and I wouldn't care what the convention said. And if they got upset at me, I say, we'll get someone else to run it. But that's just me. Anyway, took the good work. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm secretly hoping I can go next year, but I think I'm hosting my family reunion, so probably not. But uh, I would love to go to North Texas. Uh, oh, man, I'm just bombarding you, huh, Glenn? Anyway, uh, Randy again, I was thinking, you know, that advice about confronting people, maybe it's just a personality thing, and maybe it's just me feeling like, you know, I kind of owe the players this. I'm the GM, and I feel like it's my responsibility to deal with that stuff. I just I 
could not let it just go on and on. I would have to stop it. Um, anything that people were throwing people off that was extreme. And, you know, that poor lady, she just needs probably some help from somebody that can really can really do something for her. That sounds, you know, like, a, like an issue that can't be solved at the game table. But that's an interesting idea is how much responsibility is it, is it on the GM's shoulders. I mean, for fun, for dealing with that, that's an interesting discussion. But I don't think the DM is just another player. I really don't. And so I take that responsibility pretty seriously. I think that would be fun to discuss. And I think it'd be interesting to get you and Eric again on Biggest Geek as we were on your podcast. It would be cool to have you two there on ours and we could chat. Maybe that would be one of the topics, how much responsibility does the GM have and we could cover all sorts of things. But uh, anyway, have a good day. Glad you had fun at the con. Again, I hope I can make it one day. Probably not next year, but maybe the year after. North Texas sounds like my cup of tea. I'm definitely feeling the old school. Take care, bud. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. Ooh, yeah, that's a lot to unpack right there. Um, I'm probably just go with what I, I said, but you've got some good ideas in there. Um, if it's if it's a person like that, I re- you're right, I wouldn't know what to do. But if it's a person who's obviously just being a jerk, I would pull him aside. And if it was extreme... I would talk to the, or I would just kick him out. I, I, first, first of all, I'd be either talk to him first, maybe talk to the coordinator if you can flag him down, take a break and something like that. But in the end, if it was really bad and they were really jerk, a jerk, I would I would probably kick him out of the game. In fact, and I know there's still some cons out there who charge for games, you know, like a couple bucks, five bucks stuff. Um, Never been to Gen Con or Gary Con. I don't know if they do that. But I would, you know, in the extreme case, I would just take like five bucks out of my pocket and say, here, get out of here. Go. So, but that's me. Anyway, thank you very much, Randy. I appreciate it. I've been looking through my loot I've gotten from North Texas RPG Con, and there's a concept, there's a there's a mechanic in, in one of the games here that I believe are in other games, but I kind of like the way it works. Uh, this is, I got it out of Mark Hunt, my roomies. He did a, sh- uh, a show. <laughs> he did, he wrote a game called The Front, which is based on, I think, White Box. I'm not sure. Elements borrowed from original era RPG gaming community and modern D20 theory. I think the only modern D20 theory I saw in here was the advantage and disadvantage and possibly ascending uh, armor class. Yeah, okay. I did, you know, I gave it a light look through to see if there was anything around here that just stands out. And one of the things was... Usage dies. Yeah, just looking, they go their own way on attacks. Just blow your strength for a melee or blow your decks for a ranged attack. But anyway, that I, I can get a little more in-depth later. But I want to talk about the usage die. If, there, if the soldier or the PC has equipment, say like anything from bayonets to guns to, I don't know, now I don't know about vehicles, but... Yeah, the fuel for vehicles, and I believe each piece of equipment has a usage die where it starts. But say your 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 right, thank you. (laughs) 
Say you're okay. The yes, each like let's take a. Hmm. Let's take a pistol or a rifle rather. Okay, rifles have a D10 usage die, and what you do is you roll that every time you use it every turn. You roll it, and if you roll a one or two, it downgrades to the next, the next die. So if it starts at a D12, and you roll a one or two on a D10, and you roll a one or two on a rifle, it goes down to a D8. You roll next time on a D8, it goes down one or two, D6. Roll again, and it rolls one or two, goes to D4. You roll a one or two on a D4. You're out of ammo, or your equipment breaks, or something happens. I kind of like that. I could use that in D&D without even blinking. I think that's a good thing. I'd like to try that sometime. I think the biggest, the biggest usage die is a machine gun. It's got a D20. So, so there's, so there's that. That's just something to. I really think that is something you can. You can use in practically any game, so I would recommend that. Kudos, bravo, Mark Hunt. Kudos to you for for putting that in your book. And like I said, I think I've seen it in a few other games, but it's really a useful thing. Anyway, I got to go start my day. So, if you guys want to talk to me about anything else, or or this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com or, or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. I also have a single donation option, which is my Kofi fund, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard. Uh, you can give anything starting from three bucks all the way up to however much you want to give. Three bucks it. Buy me a Pepsi at the game. That'd be a good thing. Meanwhile, let me t- let me thank these people who do give me on a, on a monthly basis: Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Soares, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, John Allen Large, Aaron, Michael Tompkins, Randy, and Joe. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. If you want to hear some good podcasts, there's Dan Gregg's Young Young Grognard podcast. Y U N G Young Grognard podcast. Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert podcast. Kevin at the Red Caps podcast has a good one. We also have Big John Allen Large, the Red Dice Diaries, Randy and Joe at Biggest Geekus, and my friend Eric Tankar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.